0: Hello and welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm your host, Matt Dean. Today with me is State Representative Bob McCaslin. Today's show is brought to you by the Thrasher family. Once again, we are so thankful for their donation. That keeps us on the air on ACN Mondays through Fridays at 3 p.m. Bob, thanks for being here. How are you today?
1: I'm absolutely wonderful.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So, Bob, you are now stepping down from State Representative, retiring, so to say. I bet your wife's happy about that.
1: Yes, she is. Uh, it's nice to have a problem that your wife wants to see you more often instead yeah. of less often. That's
0: so true. But you're not going to be retiring and sitting on your hands. You are now running for Spokane County Auditor.
1: Yes. And this comes from what I have always believed, that if you run for office, you should always keep in mind that it's it, it shouldn't be a career in the tra- traditional sense, I believe. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I've applied to my life anyway and so every two years and my life my, my wife loved that that in my life I do a regular uh look at kind of what's going on in my life and evaluate it and and question you know is this is this what I should be doing and so after eight years and not just because of COVID and and everything that happened with that and the fact that People who ran for office and were elected were not allowed to be on the House floor, just based not on their health or any pre-existing conditions, but whether they got a poke mm-hmm. and uh, and two pokes in some ways, mm-hmm. and,
0: and now maybe three or four. Who knows where it's going to end? Right?
1: Oh yeah, and and I think there's real evidence out there, and it's it's actually coming from. The CDC, in some cases, that it, this really wasn't as bad as as the government here in Washington uh, decided it was. And I've found government in general loves to create an emergency, loves oh, yeah. to say, oh, if we don't do this, then it's going to be the end of the world. And mm-hmm. it never is. It's, you know, God is in control of Amen. the end of the world. And, uh, you know, putting our faith in Him and His plan is what will keep us secure
0: yeah so for everybody out there i'd like to thank you for your eight years of service as a state rep you represented spokane and district four well i really appreciate you going over there and doing what you had to do And that's what i want to talk about first Uh, a lot of people don't know that bob might have a, a a state rep side to him but i got to see bob at a rally with all his friends over there and i just wonder if you had some good memories or good work that you got to do over there that really you'd like to tell everybody about because we don't get to go to olympia you know we don't get to see what's going on over there
1: well i think the 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 first bill that i sponsored was to uh split the state in half Mm -hmm. and uh and basically allow king county to uh get all the really densely populated areas and and then uh basically from the cascades to the to the Idaho state line would be the new state of liberty mm-hmm. and what what was really interesting is is how that response you know from the press made uh just made this huge deal and and the thing is it i did it more than anything to honor my dad because uh, a couple of other senators and, and he came up with this idea. Let's, let's put the idea out there that we could have our state and we could actually run it a lot uh, more frugally mm-hmm. and it would be designed to serve the people rather than serve itself. And I, I think a lot of times people don't understand that the function of government is to serve the people. It's not to take over things from the private sector. Uh, it isn't to control pre- people's lives. It's uh, And and the fact that government has grown, and so has our budget in the state, has, has grown faster than our population. And mm. so there isn't any math evidence, in my mind, uh, that would Say that we should be growing government at this point, especially when we have so many businesses that have gone under because of all the restrictions the state has put on.
0: Yeah, that's so true. How about friends you made over there in Olympia? Anybody well, that you never thought you'd hang out with that <laughs> that because of your job got you rubbing elbows with them?
1: Yeah, uh, quite a few people. Steve Burquist, who is a school teacher over in Renton, Renton is a Democrat and. I called him because I was a teacher and at the time, and I wanted to know how he did both. And mm-hmm. so I called him, left a message for him, and he called me back a couple of days later and said, this is how I do it. And I said, wow, that is a doable thing for me. And uh, so I shared that with my wife, and she said, oh, huh, yeah, that could really work. And so we worked on a bill that spanned over six years, actually, and it, it, it took the teacher evaluation and actually rewarded teachers who were making great gains and were doing a great job to give them more free time if they needed it to innovate in their classrooms. Or I thought it was a great idea to be able to mentor younger teachers because hmm. I, I had, at the beginning of my teaching career, a uh, fellow named Chuck Paratory. He's about uh, five feet tall total. <laughs> and uh, he was teaching fifth grade like I was. And uh, he'd stop by af- every afternoon after school and say, hey, I've got some stuff here. You know, we're going to do this unit here pretty soon. And I, I thought maybe it'd be a good idea to give you these things. And And these weren't just a stack of papers or a book. Chuck, truly loved people and he Mm -hmm. loved to see energetic young teachers become truly professionals in what they did and so that was the whole idea i thought it was so great about steve's idea so but it took six years for us to pass it Mm -hmm. because the teachers union was oh you're picking winners and losers no we're rewarding good teachers with extra time
0: Mm -hmm. that's all
1: we're doing we're not paying them more I don't know why you're having such a problem with this. Yeah. And, you know, the whole evaluation was based on a business model. Wow. Yeah. That, that was a, a brain blower for me because I I thought, wow, finally we're applying things that are very clear and measurable to teachers. And I I don't think the teachers union like that because it did point out teachers who are being ineffective mm-hmm. and I think that's important because if you're ineffective as a teacher in any area, you should be getting feedback on that so you'll know how to improve.
0: Yeah, you're a teacher. You're giving your your students feedback on how they can do better, right? Yeah. So I think we should always be growing. That's a that's a a great thing. And you use the dirty word union here on this show. We don't uh, we don't promote <laughs> yeah. you. I'm kidding. I know that teachers yeah. unions. You know, they give good benefits and things like that. But if you look around in America right now, I can't support a lot of these education unions that are out there. And I have family that are part of some of the biggest ones. So
1: yeah,
0: I understand unions had a time. And uh, sure. maybe now it's time to move forward. I like what you also said, that government doesn't need to be growing. And I think here in Spokane, we've we've almost become numb to that feeling as I watched government grow in all these different places. Spokane City can't keep somebody in charge of their housing development guy they the first guy said that people were racist to him the new guy said that people weren't nice to him and they left maybe we don't need that position to to move on to a better place that's just my two cents there
1: yeah
0: and now that you're running for spokane county auditor i'd have to say this is my little story first my wife becky you guys listen to the show you know her in 2020 after the election she went to the certification meeting with the current auditor and the current auditor said we do have fraud here, but there's nothing I can do about it. You have to talk to your legislators, you know. And it wasn't—I don't think it was game-changing fraud. But in my opinion, if you have one fraudulent ballot, you need to fix it, right? Absolutely. And go on.
1: Well, every every vote should be a legal vote, mm-hmm. and if if you haven't updated your address, if you haven't um, kept kept up with things and and, and people lead busy lives now and de- nowadays and I, I think the auditor's office should be doing that every day, updating the voter rolls to make sure that people who are voting are doing so legally mm-hmm. because I I have friends who uh, live in my neighborhood and they came to me because they saw my Bob McCaslin for County Auditor sign and they said, wow, we, we get... We're, we're getting five ballots now. It's just my wife and I now, but we're getting ballots for my deceased father, hmm. and we're also getting ballots for our kids who left home over five years ago, and we're still getting these. And, and yes, we've called the auditor's office, and what would you suggest we do next? And I, I said, well, send them a certified letter. Because then they have to look at it, and they're, they're going to have to hopefully do something about mm-hmm. that. And I haven't talked to them since. Hopefully, that's been taken care of. But I, I, I do think that probably is happening more than it should because even one is too many, Yeah, I believe. And
0: this isn't a – I've heard so many people. I've been at so many different meetings over the last couple of years that say that this is happening. So it's not just a one-off thing, and I don't think it's nefarious. I think, like you said, it's somebody's not cleaning up the rolls. And let's walk that back a little bit. People might not know what the county auditor does. Maybe you give a quick little synopsis of what their, the auditor's job entails, because it's pretty big.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, probably the the biggest thing that they do is audit all of the county offices to make sure their books balance, mm-hmm. and and that's uh, a process that I think is is probably going pretty well at this point. It's it's a it's a big job, so it's a lot. Uh, it's it's a lot of what they do, and plus they, they deal with our our license tabs and wedding I, marriage licenses. That happens. Uh, marriages start after the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and I I talked to a fellow who works in the auditor's office. I I I didn't know this before. I was at an event at Gonzaga the other night, and and. Uh, I knew his wife, and here he works in the auditor's office. Mm. And he said, that's where the big money is for us, is licensing. Oh, yeah. We we make more money in, loss in licensing because we're doing the job of the state at a local level. And I think that's a good, you know, the government that's closest to you is usually the most effective. Yeah, so true. And mostly because you have to be more accountable. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you know as going back to my 8 years as a state rep that I, I appreciated when people would send me emails or give me calls saying what were you thinking on this? Mm-hmm. And and I'd look back at a, how I voted on a bill or testified either against or for a bill and I got to have a, a good talk with constituents and thank goodness I I wasn't wrong in in how I'd done that, but often citizens don't understand how something works mm-hmm. because they're they're not there. And I think the auditor's office is a place where people truly, the majority of people out there, don't know what the auditor's office does. They uh, they think that. They mix up the auditor and the assessor. Yep. You know, as we go to from door to door talking to people about the auditor's office, I'd say seven out of ten people think that they're the assessor. Yeah. And uh, Don't blame the, auditor the treasurer. For, yeah.
0: Don't blame the auditor for your higher tax property values this year. Yeah. That, that's the assessor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the treasurer collects all of the money. Mm-hmm. And hats off to my seatmate, Rob Chase, for getting legislation passed for partial payments so mm-hmm. that people wouldn't lose their homes. And uh, the county was never meant to be a property owner. And yeah. that's what they had become over a, a good 20-year period, only because they couldn't take partial payments. Mm-hmm. It was illegal under state law. And that's another example of how our state government gets in the way, or our county government at times get in, gets in the way of good things happening and yep. uh,
0: so so moving forward in the auditor i'm looking at your your uh, door hanger here i think people want to hear your the key points you got here 24 7 video monitored security on all ballots viewable by the public i think a lot of people realize didn't realize that we didn't have that and why don't we have that that's the question
1: well there before i got into the legislature uh, uh my predecessor got a bill passed that would put a camera in the ballot counting room. And uh, unfortunately, either there wasn't specific direction in the bill that said you have to hook it up and have a way for people to watch the process. Um, But there's a camera and it's not hooked up to anything. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's important that we get that camera hooked up that maybe we add uh, another one from another angle and just so that anybody could get on the auditor's website and and say hey it's election night let's watch some count, counting of ballots now there's probably more exciting things to do with a person's life but I, I know there are people that are intensely interested in making sure that our uh, our whole vote counting and an election process is crystal clean and, mm-hmm. and I'm one of those people so and I th- and I think that's one of the the things that qualifies me for this job is that I will welcome transparency. We I did that as a legislator for eight years. Uh, anybody could find out how I voted on a bill, and anybody could look up if uh, if I gave a speech on it on the House floor. They could watch my speech mm-hmm. and my. My first speech on the House floor is still on YouTube. It was for honoring Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. And I got to share a couple of his sermons
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: as, as my speech. And, and I'm really uh, I'm proud of that speech mostly because uh, it's a side of Martin Luther King that uh, a, a lot of people don't even think of.
0: Yeah, I think the history books is they call him Dr. Martin Luther King, but they always forget the reverend before it. Yes. They forget that he was Great a point. god-fearing Christian man. And yeah. so many ways he pushed for that transparency too, right? He he wanted people to just love one another and show what Jesus had in store for us.
1: Yeah.
0: And so I going back to the election audit I'm, I was trained this year to be an election observer. I always thought that'd be a cool thing, so I went to a few-hour class. And yeah. There's great people work in the elections office, and I got to watch the signature verification. Not real fun either, but to watch these, these men and women go through every ballot to make sure that the signature, and if it doesn't match, they have a verification system, a two-step. It gets pushed to another person who then pulls up, old signatures family signatures and a lot of it was the wife signed the husband the husband signed the wife so there is yeah. there is key facts to it and I, I gotta say that you know if when elected you do have a, a good team it seems like when i was able to interact with everybody down there that when you walk yeah. in the office they want transparency they want you to go wherever you want and not be in the way right they're they've got a big job to do on that day yeah and so because everybody mails in their ballots and i think a lot of people want to know Bob, can we go back to in-person voting? Can we have a, a polling station? I remember my 18, not my 18th birthday, but I was 18, and you know, me and my friend ran down to the elementary school, and all these retired people were there. It's a cool feeling when that first time you get to vote. Now you just mail it in; it takes it away. Is there a way we can go back to doing that?
1: There definitely is. Um, it it was a bill that went through the legislature back when my dad was state senator that that got started the, the mail-in ballots. And uh, my dad d- thought it was great because of the fact that it got ballots to people that may not have been able to get their ballots, and it was just too hard for them, whether it's health problems or mobility problems or just the busyness of life. And so I, I think initially it got more people voting. What I'd like to bring back, and I have a bill that's, pretty much ready to go, that that would bring back permissible in-person voting. And the main reason, and you brought it up, uh, that it's it's a unifying experience when you get in line outside your elementary school. I don't ever remember anybody yelling at each other about, oh, you're a Democrat, you're going to vote this way? And, or the Democrats say, oh, you're one of those Republicans, you don't care about the the poor. Mm-hmm. Or... or or climate or anything like that. No, people were actually getting to know each other in line. It's, it it would be a unifying experience. I don't expect that it would be for everybody, but I think it would be way more popular than people would think. And I think a way to defend it is say, why are you against uh, our our world becoming more unified? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would want to argue against that, and I'm... Ready to go to Olympia, to to testify on the bill, and of course I won't be able to sponsor it. But I know there's at least five or six people that mm-hmm. would love to sponsor that bill, and so. Um, I
0: bet you your seatmate Rob Chase would do that for you. when elect he, re-elected.
1: He he would, and I, and I, I think there are probably other bills that will will probably get created out of that, just to make sure. That that we've covered all our bases and uh, and just because I truly believe part of the auditor's job would be you know to go out into our public schools and talk to these seventeen year olds that are automatically uh, registered to vote.
0: Yeah, I don't know whether no they, if they want even, to or not, or if they know it even. That was one that kind of just yeah, slid in there.
1: Yeah, it did, and and of course that, that's something. Uh, Representative Steve Berquist and I did not agree on and, and that was his bill uh, and, I, and I said Steve it's your job as a high school teacher and every other civics or world affairs teacher history teacher to to let their students know what it means to be a, a competent voter and it's, it's only two things you have to know how to register to vote and you kn- have to know how to become informed? Mm-hmm. Be, if you're an informed bo- voter, I think you're more assured that your vote is is an accurate vote because it reflects the what, what you believe. And to pick somebody because oh, you know I'm looking at my doorbell and said, wow, this guy uh, he's got a smile on his face, huh? Okay, and he actually signed the doorbell, or, huh? There's a personal touch there, but Hopefully, as they read through it, they'll – they'd be able to say, wow, this is, this is uh, a person I could vote for because uh, he's trustworthy and he's inviting oversight. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't really know a lot of politicians out there that are making that oversight by the public and by anybody uh, just – you know, it, it helps so much to have accountability. Yeah. The closer your accountability is, the better because and, and I think citizens where that you represent, either as county auditor or state representative, appreciate so that somebody's paying attention to these things. Yeah. because your common citizen often is too busy working uh, and and have a myriad of other things going on with their family, they want to, to know that wow, uh, Bob gets elected, I know he's welcoming transparency. I know he wants to be accountable to the people, and and he'll invite Republicans and Democrats to come in and watch the whole process and mm-hmm. see what he does. and And I'll be friendly about it. It, it won't matter if somebody's you know a, a communist or a or
0: easy easy in, now, it,
1: <laughs> in the, or you know a member of the John Birch Society. I mean, it 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 doesn't matter to me. How somebody identifies themselves because I truly believe the more informed they get, the the more they see that, wow, maybe that's not the function of government to do what we're being propo- what's being proposed. And what's happened with our governor and his emergency powers is I, I think people were tremendously under informed, and that's why that passed. And I think most voters now are saying <coughs> No, this is this is out of control. Mm-hmm. And we still have to wait till October yeah. to really thirty first Halloween. If <laughs> that's ironic, isn't it? I guess.
0: <laughs> is that that's gonna be our trick? He's gonna say, just kidding. I hope not. Yeah. yeah. Bob, we got about three minutes left. Uh just you wanna what you're running on your platform real quick and a, a short synopsis here for everybody that's listening.
1: Well, I think the, the whole idea behind me running in the first place is, is I thought, you know, <clears throat> uh, self-appointed term limits. Uh, the auditor that's there has been there for 24 years. Mm-hmm. And, and to be completely upfront, uh, my father was in office for over 30 years. And one of the things he said before he stepped down, for health reasons, he says, boy, I should have stepped down a long time Mm. ago. I could have spent more time with my granddaughter and my grandson and, and with my daughter and you and my daughter and my Mm daughter-in-law. So it, he regretted that. I didn't want to be that person that was, you know, in my seventies, still serving in the legislature. And that's why I'm, promising people that I won't run for more than two terms as auditor. And I'm hoping to be able to get it done in four years and be able to hand Hand it off off to somebody else. I I think just the integrity of any office in government is so important. And that's what I'm promising to bring to the table.
0: Right on. So you do have a fundraiser, September 28th, from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Black Diamond. Come down if you don't know Bob. He's a great guy to know. And like you said, he is open door. The first time I ever sent him an email, I don't even think my phone had hit the counter and he was calling me so as a state rep. He knew that people had concerns back there in 2020. So Black Diamond, September 28th, 6 to 8. It does cost money to run campaigns, come out, fundraise them. I can't say enough good things about Wayne and the boys over at the Black Diamond. Great food, great atmosphere. They gave it a remodel. It's a they got. Comfy chairs there now.
1: <laughs> yes, they're great people, and what they've had to go, go oh, through yeah. as a business uh, with the uh, liquor control board mm-hmm. and uh, just L and I, it uh, talk about weaponized yeah. uh, state agencies that went after people with really no evidence that they were doing anything wrong.
0: Yep, just crazy. So once again, that's September twenty eighth. 6 to 8 p.m. When the ballots do come, Bob McCaslin for County Auditor. That's going to be my pitch. Thanks, Bob, for being on the show. I'm Matt. This has been Be Vigilant. Until next time, remember to be sober, be vigilant.